Yes. Welcome to Awesome World. I'm Jason Allison. I am the king of the West, but really king. What is a king in the West as opposed to where? I mean, how West is it? It's not the West of the West. What about if I'm headed the other way? I don't know. You know, like what actual area does it really mean anything? And to be king. You know, the king of what? Of the West or king of the world, king of the country, king of my couch, you know, king of my pants. Honestly, do I want to be the king of the world? I mean, that's a lot of responsibility. King of my pants. I can handle that. Just saying. Be careful what you wish for, you know. I'm the king and you're the queen. It's like, like, I guess you love her and that's cool, but. I don't know if it's that crack. It's that that great, you know. You get the king. You know, what about all those French people that ate all that cake and they were all sad and bored, and you know all those starving people out there. Sure, they were starving, but they probably had some great friendships out there. You know, appreciated their family. Oh, it's not sponsored by Caveman, but I really like Caveman, so. It is sponsored by Lean Feast. I got new reads. I got new ads. We got a fucking guest. I got stuff, man. Show's very serious. This is a very serious fucking podcast, man. I'm fucking deadly serious when I say to you right now. Welcome to this fucking very serious broadcast. Fucking high-level broadcasting sh- broadcastership coming at you. Fucking yeah. Okay, I think I'm going to do an MMA show. Where's my fucking read? Hey, I think I'm going to do an MMA show. Maybe I'll just talk in circles. I'm going to do a read, but i uh, get an MMA show. Found it. But I'm going to do an MMA show. But first... <laughs> Lean Feast is, the f- is uh, a fast, casual dining experience... Of wait of convenient no convenient yeah yeah with Jason convenient clean to eat food go Jace it aims to be the fast food interrupter I like this by changing the way Americans eat for the better gone are the days of shopping cooking uh, port. Portioning, 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 and cleaning for yourself. That's right. With over a dozen franchise locations nationwide, Clean Feast brings uh, convenience and satisfying daily nutrition to your family's life on the go. Shut up, Gary! Visit leanfeast.com. Go <laughs> leanfeast.com to find a store near you or a place uh, you order online for pickup or delivery. Don't forget, use code Ellis for 10% discount. Lean Feast, eat better. I've got it, everybody. I recommend it. It's good, especially for all you guys who are in a hurry. And when you're in a hurry, instead you eat shit. Don't do it. Go to these guys. Get my discount. Lean Feast. Uh, and then Coolvin, and once again, if you're on the road and you're trying to eat and it's like, man, I'm in a hurry and it's always fast food, you got your, uh, you could have Lean Feast in the Coolvin 
and then you can keep it hot in the cool vent. If you're tired of having to eat cold meals while you're on the go, maybe it's time you checked out Coolvin. Coolvin is a soft-sided and insulated meal bag, meal bag with integrated, wait, yeah, integrated and detachable. That's right, because you can take it off. Meal he- heating chamber designed to heat um, and and eat next meal to on your go. Wait, heat and eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shut up, Katie. This is a sick read. Eric's going to be pumped. Designed to heat and eat your next meal on the go. There you go. With insulated storage for up to four meals and power and power options for 110 and 12 volt applications. Coolvin allows you to bring your meals with you and heat them up from uh, just anywhere that you like. Your daily nutrition just became a whole lot portable, uh, a whole lot more portable with Coolvin. Visit coolvin.com. That's all it is. Yep. No, no. Coolvin, what's that thing in the middle? Underscore. Yeah, coolvin underscore ven cool underscore ven.com. Sorry. Sorry. I'll get better at it. Oh man, and don't get off your gimli. I'm doing a read. Um, wait for your list of oh, yeah, go there for the, your list of retailers and order one for yourself. Uh, don't forget to use code Alice at checkout for 10% off. All right, stoked to have sponsors, stoked to have guests, stoked to have a studio, stoked to have stuff. And um, is the guest it's not yet, it's not time yet. Okay, good. No, she's not here. Right. Um, what was I saying? Stoked to have opportunity. That's right. I got a show, potentially going to do an MMA show with the great Ellen Joban. I love Ellen Joban. Um, he talked to me about some exciting stuff in his future uh, that I'm not allowed to talk about. What the fuck was that? Was that you? Yeah. I was like, man, something just fell out of the sky. I, I mean, people have voted, Katie. There's no real need to block Gim Lee from doing what Gim Lee does best. It's, uh, there he is, the great Gim Lee. Always, say, I don't know if you know this, ladies and gentlemen, but when we're not recording, he'll do this. And I don't really even know why sometimes. Sometimes he'll go, meow, and I'll go, Gim Lee, and he'll go, meow, and I'm like, you need help, Gim Lee, and he'll go, meow, and he'll come up. And I'm like, Oh, you were looking for your daddy. Or other times you'd be like, meh. And I'm like, Ghibli. And he's like, meh. And I'm like, Ghibli. And then he's like, meh. And I'm like, do you want to come up? And then he just goes, meh. And I'm like, what the fuck do you want? And he just goes, meh. And I'm like, man, that's not fair. So sometimes I think he just says, Fuck. I think he just tells everyone to get fucked. I think he says, oh, man, I got cinnamon stuck on my mouth. If anybody knows how to do cinnamon pitchers on the top of their coffee, because I got this frothy thing, makes milk frothy or whatever, my almond oat milk or some shit, hippie shit, whatever, whatever. Look, I got a caveman coffee here. I got uh, MTC oil in it, and I got... The fruffy thing, so I got a head of my coffee, and then he put cinnamon on it. But the hell's that sound? 
man, he's insane. Like that's what is, is he doing his own show or something? He's like matching me. He's like, wow, dad's saying a lot of stuff. What I bet you I got to catch up. Like maybe he's just copying me. Maybe he sees us talking a lot and he's like, I think to be more human, I should just walk around saying words. Maybe they won't catch on that I don't know what I'm saying. Don't even know who he's talking to now. He's just up the stairs, ladies and gentlemen. So he's like telling a dog. Don't, not sure who he's telling. So I don't know where I was. It's an MMA show. Just let him go. Stop. You've got to do the show. You got to. Ashley's going to be here soon. Ashley Evan Smith, ladies and gentlemen, she's going to be on the show. And I've got questions for her, and I'm excited. Um, wait, where was I? Oh, yeah. So I think I was talking about the the MMA show, MMA right? Show, yeah. Okay, good. So the MMA show has a potential to be something cool. Uh, and, and it also, I think, has the potential to make a little bit of money. And who knows? In a like up front a little bit, or uh, I don't know. But it, the, all of it counts, you know. In this in this weird time we're in, you know, like uh, my freezer broke. I was under the impression this is how rich I was at one point. I was under the impression that when I bought my freezer, it was like one hundred and seventy dollars for that freezer because. I don't fucking care how much it costs. I just got a freezer. And now I found out because I broke and I needed to buy another one that they're uh, they're like $500. And that means that I paid $500 for it the first time but didn't know because I did not care how much they charged me. Could have been $750 and I still would have said deal. And now I don't have $500 to buy that fridge. Like I'm, I do. But we don't, you know, we don't know how good the Jason Ellis show is. And we don't know if, uh, I mean, that's it, right? That's it. If that's how good that is. An awesome world is, uh, you know, Lean Feast and Cool Vin. But, uh, but you know, they're, they're, they like the Jason Ellis show mainly as well, you know? So... Yeah, OnlyFans, how big can she get? You know, how, I don't know. So we don't know. So it, for me to not try everything in my power, and I'm friends with Alan, and Alan knows. T- I've actually I was thinking about this before I left SiriusXM because I always knew Alan's older. He's a good-looking dude. He's not going to get the belt, you know. And I don't know how many fights he has left in him, but he's a fucking smart dude. He's a, and he's a he's an actual fucking UFC fighter who is an analyst. He does stuff on TV. He can fucking talk. So I think with the Jason Ellis show, it's always been a bit of an uphill battle. I I feel like, look, I love MMA. You know, I I watch the fights uh, religiously. I love them. Wait. Oh, we've got a guest. This is another. That's why I'm excited because people like this. I'm like a fucking toddler when I have these people on because I become very, very excited, which is I'll get back to the MMA show but right now, uh, Ashley's here. Ashley, can you hear me? Let's see if this works. Ashley? Hello. Hey. <laughs> All right, hey. we did it. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? We're good. You look great. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I'm learning how to say 
nice things but not be inappropriate. So I feel like I'm off to a great start, even though I'm almost about to fuck up already by warning you. But thank you for being here. No problem. Because we are going to touch on it a little bit, Ashley, because you have a podcast and your podcast is about sex and violence. And Mm -hmm. you're a UFC fighter, so I don't need to really pry into why there's violence in the name of your podcast. But sex, and you talked to me when I was on it, and you wanted to know about my sex life. And it seems like when you interview other uh, celebrities, or I see you know the the girls that you ask that are UFC fighters that are supposed to have a certain amount of whatever it is. Prior, I don't know, but that you ask them sex shit. Are you a, a sex? <laughs> look at your face. Are you a sex? Expert, are you like a, a a a really hardcore sex enthusiast? What provoked you to put that part? Because I don't know, Ashley. I only know you as a fighter that has a lot of tattoos, and I my wife's got a lot of tattoos. Usually, I find that girls have a lot of tattoos are a lot freer in the bedroom. But you know as well as I do, you can't judge everybody by that. But I am intrigued as to why you would do a show about it. Well, uh, I'm definitely a sex enthusiast. I am not a sexpert by any means. I, I hope that over over the time, time frame, you know, years of doing this podcast, I will become educated. But um, I've thought about taking some classes so that I actually can say I know what the fuck I'm talking about, not just from personal experience. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm very sexually liberated in the sense that um, I feel like I can talk about it. I feel like um, I've embraced my own sexuality. I encourage others to embrace their own sexuality, whether it's, um, you know, taboo or something that's not so, uh, looked, looked, um, you know, it could be looked down upon in society, you mm. know, fuck it. I don't care. I, my thing is that, um, I would like to have my podcast be interesting, funny, educational. And at the end of the day, I want people to feel like, oh, wow, I feel like I can be me, um, whether it's sexually or the way they look or the way they want to fight, what they want to do with their life. So what is the taboo? What is the thing that you is that is weird about your sex life after talking to all these other people about their sex lives? What is the weird, what, what weird quirky things are you into? What have you and you let yourself out to everybody? You say that. So, what is this? What are, what are you? What have you freed yourself from? I don't think I have anything that's like extremely absurd. Like, whoa, we, we didn't see that coming. I just, um, like I said, a, a, a sex enthusiast. I don't think I'm a, a nymphomaniac. Like, it's not disturbing my life. I don't have an issue with it. Um, but I know that sex is a huge part of my relationship. If the sex wasn't good, I wouldn't be with my partner. And a lot of people, I think, say, oh, that's so shallow. I just, I know what I what? want, I know what I'd like, and I'm not afraid to talk about it. Um, and I'm not going to settle. So I don't think I'm too kinky. I just, you know, I want it a lot. I'm straight. You know, I've done my fair share of experimentation with uh, with friends, beautiful girls. I've always experimented with girls that were way out of my league. <laughs> I, I like to say that I have a um, I have a higher standard for the women than I do for the women, um, the men. <laughs> yeah, I'm the other way around. <laughs> but I so that means because I know that there's a lot of uh, gay girls in MMA and I always wondered about that because 
It's not. I know there's there's probably a couple of gay guys in MMA, but nobody knows that. You guys know that, and you're allowed to be open with it. I often wondered, uh, like you you know that you're straight, but you say you have had some some run-ins, which means you after fights or you know what I mean. You guys are excited somewhere, and you're having a few drinks. Has this happened to you more than once? Yeah, I mean, I'll be completely honest. So I am like a year and a half sober. But before that, I was like, you know, Rebel Girl didn't come my nickname, you know, by accident. I've had some fun times in my life. I'm 33, but I've really lived it up, you know. (laughs) And uh, in those years uh, of partying, it was always, um, you know, there's still this little drug called uh, Molly. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yeah. It just makes you, you know, want to rub on everybody. Mm. And, uh, you know, then you realize, like, whoa, that's a booby I'm rubbing on. And then you're like, you realize, you know, like, hey, that feels pretty nice. And you're like, start questioning your own sexuality. <laughs> then the next day you wake up and you're like, probably wouldn't do that sober, but that was a good time last night. <laughs> so this has happened more than once where you woke up and you've done that and you were like, this is only when I'm intoxicated do I do I feel the need to do that. But when I'm completely sober... I'm no longer turned on by the cupping of the titty? No, no, it's still a nice situation, you know? Like, boobs are great. Uh, but, but you seem you pretty, know. like, you know you're not gay. Because like, there's always a spectrum to me. You, yeah. you And you're, you're saying you've had encounters. Where would you put yourself? Like a 10% or? Well, if you're familiar with something called the Kinsey scale of sexuality. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's say there's like space, you know, for people who don't know. Let's just say... You know, I'm I'm not right smack in the middle. I, I definitely, you know, am leaning way more towards heterosexual. I could never date a female. Um, I never would like to have um, casual sex with a female. But I do, I can appreciate the female body. Well, that's um, easier. You guys are better looking, you know. It just makes more sense. Even as a bi guy, I, I mean, I definitely lean towards being straight more, but I know when a dude's got a good body or whatever or when he's good looking, but it's never – it's yeah, almost I like mean, if you're, you're pretty, then you're almost a little bit less good looking if you're a guy. If you're a girl and you're ridiculously pretty, then that's the end of it. You're ridiculously pretty. A guy who's ridiculously pretty can kind of be a pussy to like a big group of people. I mean, it depends on what you like, right? It's not like, fair. I just know that there's – because a pretty girl, there's no group that can say, nah, definitely not into like just ridiculously pretty. I'm not into that. Yeah, you are. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? Yeah. So I'm over here like, oh my God, I have this little, you know, all, all female. Oh, wow. You're shitting on your body. That is awesome. And I th- your I'm MMA like- body is not fit enough, you're saying. Yeah. That's hilarious. That makes me feel better about my shit. But you know that there's men that are like, mm, if you're not over fucking 165, I don't want to fuck with you. And you're like, wait, I'm trying my hardest to get my weight down. So I learned that early on. Beauty is in the eye, be- eye of the beholder. You're never going to please everybody. You know, I'm never going to be a blonde. You know, I'm never going to have huge tits out to here. Like, but that's OK. I'm somebody's cup of tea. Right. Yeah. 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 I don't. Yeah. Well, you just described uh, what my wife and I, she taught me the term shit pig. Is what you were describing. A shit pig? Yeah, a shit pig is a blonde-headed girl with huge tits. It's my, my wife explained to me a long time ago when I first met her. She's like, wait, you you hung out with that shit pig? And I was like, excuse me? And then I was, it took me a minute to get it. But I was like, wow, that is 
Hush. Just be a, a, a turn your wife coined. I don't know if that's a, a you know, a common it, thing. <laughs> it could be. It could be. Maybe not. But uh, I have a lot of questions, especially involving, I did not know, because I, you know, obviously I, I've known who you are for some time, but I didn't know that you fought Fallon Fox. And I didn't know that you were the person to beat her. And I didn't know that it was this big kind of, you were accidentally in a tournament and then you had to face her and the media, she came out and the media was, there was a huge group of people. I watched your fight and it seemed like the whole crowd wanted her to be beaten severely for being a man. Like I think the Joe Rogans of the world and all these other people really got it. And it's funny because I thought when I heard Joe explain it the first time, I was like, yeah, that makes total sense. And then I had a discussion with a guy that is uh, big in the LGBTQ community and he had his angle where I was like, oh, yeah, maybe you're all right. Maybe maybe she should be allowed. But now knowing how long she'd been in it, how long before she'd uh, made, the, made the transition – and, and and knowing her ability and how she was winning, yeah, she should not have been in there. And for you to be the person that like actually wasn't even you're better you're better than her, but you ate shots. You you ate shots and you fucking beat her in a in a in a way where it seemed like that was the you ended her before she started. Yeah, um, I don't know if it's a good thing to say this, but I could take a punch for sure, you know, from a woman, from a man. <laughs> um, it was a crazy situation. That was a long time ago, 2013. Um, at that point, I had only had one professional fight. It was only my second pro fight. It was for $20,000. It was for a 145-pound belt. You know, the whole world, all the eyes were on me. Basically, everyone was like, this bitch, me, is going to get beat up. And, um, you know, the only people that thought I could win were myself and my coach. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters, right? Not even, even if my coach was like, oh, here we go, you know, as long as you fucking believe in yourself. And, you know, I know that's the corniest phrase, right? But I, I just remember going out there and being like, I have nothing to lose. And regardless of this person's sex change, you know, I'm a better fighter skillfully. Um, she was definitely stronger. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it went my way. Do you know, I know it's, they probably didn't tell you, or it's not even a question, but do you know whether she had, if she's trans or, or did she have the full surgery? Like, did yeah. she? So, uh, she was in the Navy when she was a, a male and she was 31 years old when she transitioned. She had already had a child who was at the time, um, 18 years old. Right, um, which, which means your bone structure is there to stay. Like you can take the less, the li yeah, you can lose the testosterone and all that stuff. But yeah, like I, like Joe was right the first time. It, yeah, it is. And so here's the thing. This is what I said back then. I'll say it again. I even though I won the fight, you know, a lot of people were like, "Oh, this must must mean that you think transgender fighters should be allowed to fight against natural born women," and that's just not the case. I said that there's not enough scientific evidence to prove that a transgender fighter doesn't have an advantage over a natural born female. I thought you handled it incredibly responsible, especially considering you were in a a a, a, a fight interview when you're about to fight, and now you have to ask yes to answer these questions politically correct. Or are they going to fry you? I thought I mean, you explained it perfectly. And as you said, if if you – because I've got friends that transitioned a long time ago and they're 
uh, old, like as old as I am, and they are they are way weaker. Like it's that that I I don't know how I'm going to get in trouble too. But it it like uh, it 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 definitely over over a certain amount of time being um, on the estrogen, it really will change your whole structure. Yeah. But you, when you're talking about a guy that was in his 30s before he changed all that stuff, there's no way your bones shrink in two years at yeah. all. And it's here's bone. the thing is, I couldn't believe that the LGBTQ community kind of roasted me on Twitter for, for giving that feedback. I literally said that there should be a transgender organization until things are a little bit more clear. You know, I, like- I, I, I heard that exact interview today and I thought, as I, I still stand by it, very professionally answered. And as a guy that's in the community, the LGBT, they're very touchy and, and, <laughs> and very, uh, at times, and I'm sure they'll disagree with me, sometimes there needs to be a little bit more of an understanding. You can't just be like, uh, you know, black or white, where it's like, no, they should all be allowed to. And it's like, look, you because the argument was, uh, you know, uh, African American have uh, more bone density, and Asian guys don't, or some shit like that. And I'm like, yeah, cool, got it all in there. It's you know, but it, the bottom line is, uh, the hips and the shoulders and all this other stuff. If your bones are just way bigger yeah. from being a, a natural born man, it just uh, like I can see how they're going to find it uh, offensive that you're saying a trans MMA community. Organization, but it's really you know. I mean, you're talking about your brains inside your head. You're and and there's only a and there's if there was enough trans people that wanted to have MMA fights, then then they could be the community. And if a couple of people like Felon Fox have to miss out, you can come at me if you want. I don't want it to be unfair. I don't want someone that has um the male bone structure that could potentially hurt the female bone structure fighting each other. Just Look, don't. 10, 10, 15 years ago, uh, you know, there was barely any women, you know, I mean, even like what, eight, how many, how many years, like eight years, six years, it hasn't been that many years that women have been in the UFC. So, you know, you, you got to start somewhere, you know, the trans transgender community who, you know, it's probably a very small niche, the transgender community who do MMA, you know, if they want to start and grow, they got to start somewhere. So if Fallon Fox wanted to be, you know, the first transgender fighter to fight another transgender fighter, like, you know, I think that she should take that up and start building that. Um, I also think if you, if you transitioned younger, then I I'm, I'm okay with it. I think it's different. I think that if I think, and I think there's just certain, you could just do a, like a, a like a, a a run through of their body and their strengths and their bone densities and even it up. It's kind of like uh, testosterone levels and all that stuff. If someone's just out of control off the charts, you you yeah, gotta you gotta I, watch that. So so they didn't even test Fallon Fox before we fight. My my dad wrote to the commission was like, you should you know test blah blah blah. My daughter's about to fight, and uh, they were they actually told the organization, ooh. If there's any more of like a ruckus about this testing thing, we're going to scrap the fight. So I was like, dad, stop, because I wanted to fight regardless, you know, whether they tested her or not, I wanted to fight. I believed in myself and and it worked out, but, you know, they didn't even test her, you know, so there should be testing, you know, like you said, you know, some kind of criteria if you transition at a certain point. But then at the same time, I understand what would it be like to be a transgender woman or man 
and live your life and then have this desire and goal to be a professional mixed martial artist and have someone say, oh, you're one year you know, too late. Like that would be heartbreaking. So I try to put myself in, in everyone's position, you know, and be empathetic. Um, I don't make the laws. I don't make the rules. I don't know. I'm just a fucking fighter. <laughs> yeah. I, look, I, it's a, it's a crazy spot to be put, to be put in. And as a guy that has lots of trans friends, girls and guys, I don't, if you, sh- I'm not going to say yes or no to, I need to see the person. Yeah. Like how long have they been a man or a woman? And then, cause I know there's weightlifters that have, that have done well, that have transitioned from men to women. And there's, and some of them look like they're still a guy. And I'm like, I, I'm like, if you do the, just get a scientist to do that. Like, don't ask me. Cause I, I I'm one of those people where if the science adds up where it's like, yeah, man, she's, She's running on go power straight up, then fucking let her go. But if it's like, yeah, man, this is like uh, her testosterone is higher than the average, you know, 25 year old dude. And then I'd be like, well, that scientifically sounds like you're cheating. That's and that's all. one way too. You can do it on a bit individual case by case situation. That's an option as well. Yeah, that would be something that I wouldn't be opposed to at all. I have to ask one bad question because I've only had two fights in my life and they've been. Pussy ass. Okay, last one was pretty decent, but they've been pussy ass celebrity fucking. Here you go. Let's like uh, you know, like you're gonna. You, they want me to win. They want me to win. That's what they. That's that's what those fights were. But you had a fight that I saw because I went down a rabbit hole today. You fucking <laughs> lost a fight where you got caught at the very start, and I'm like, oh my god, like. Yeah. Just all the work that you put in for a fight camp, and that's not – you didn't lose that fight. You you made a fucking mistake and you lost that fight. You did not lose that fight. How do you fucking survive that? Like what is your thought process that night and in the morning? I, I'm sorry it's a painful thing to, for you to answer, but I must know. No, not anymore. You know, you got to have really fucking – thick skin in this sport well you gotta have thick skin when you're in the public eye right you know so anyone can criticize you these days uh that was so long ago but i fucking went through a roller coaster of emotions because it was my ninth amateur fight and uh, i had just won a 140 pound belt so i was feeling pretty good about myself um and i was about to go pro and i took this fight and my whole thought process shattered you know like is this the sport for me how embarrassing it went viral it was on the, you know you pull up your yahoo.com page and it's the first fucking thing mma fighter female gets knocked out in five seconds you know this one got like bajillion million views and i'm like i'm not even pro yet and i'm getting criticized and fucking all this stuff and so i had a talk with one of my coaches and i'll never forget what he said he said everybody is on someone's highlight reel it's just part of the fucking sport. And now that you've been through the worst, you know what to expect. And so, you know, when he said that, I was like, that's very true. Name one fighter, he, you know, Conor McGregor, fucking Nate Diaz's highlight reel. You know, the, some of the best of the best have been knocked out. And so, you know, I just was like, why cry about it? Just accept that it's the sport that I chose. It's the career path that I chose. High risk, high reward. So do you think that in a roundabout way that was a good thing? Because you did – that was a lot – like you said, a long time ago you survived and you've had, and you've flourished several times since then. So 
is it even better after that? Like a win after that? Is it even better? Yeah. I mean, coming coming a victory after a loss, especially after like a losing streak, you know, like uh. it, it, it's honestly it's the way that I feel uh, as a fighter when I lose. There's always there's just one little part of me that's not the same until I get back in the winning column because I'm so critical of myself. It's just like, you know what? Like right now, I'm on a two-fight losing streak, and that's harsh. And, you know, all these UFC fighters just got cut, and I feel like I just, like, like missed the axe, you know? Just <laughs> so, and I'm like, oh, the MMA gods have been good to me, but I've also worked my ass off, you know? So I know, like, I'm dying to get back in the cage because I just want to – there's a phrase, uh, you're only as good as your last fight. And that basically means that people have short memories and they don't remember what you've done, you know? So I'm like, okay, the last image of people, I'm like, oh, I kind of got, got my ass beat in the last fight. So I just want to get back in there and win. And it's going to feel so fucking good after two losses. Um, speaking of your fighting, what's I see that you have a fucking sketchy scar on your neck. You got oh. stabbed. You got uh, like a neck surgery. So that means... They went through the front of your neck into your spine. Is that what I'm? Yeah, they took out my C six, C seven, that like disc, and it took it out and they replaced it with a metal one. And uh, and now I'm probably like six months out from real training. I got to do like slow recovery. You know, you got you had your knee thing. You know what I mean? But and have you had I mean, back injuries in your life? No. So long story short. For this past year, I've been dealing with this injury. Um, I sustained it during training. And uh, when the quarantine hit, I, I needed to fight. I was supposed to fight it in March. I was supposed to go to London. And then the fight got scrapped, right? Yeah. So I was with this injury. But sometimes, you know, even though you shouldn't fight, you got to fight. You know, if that's a fighter's life. You make your money paycheck to paycheck. Wait, you're and saying that you had a neck injury where, well, I mean, what kind of slam involved the injury and what kind of pain are we to like could you move like what 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 was it so what basically happened was um so i got stenosis of the spine so the discs were pinching my nerves and what was happening was i was experiencing pain um in my trap in my lap all of my left side i couldn't even hit the pads without pain so like let's just say my training camp was real shit. Um, I couldn't spar leading up to that fight. Um, it was the worst camp I'd ever had, but I just had to lie to myself and be like, you're the baddest bitch in the world. Fuck it, you don't need to spar. You don't need to hit that because what are you going to do? Ooh, I'm probably not going to win, but I'm just going to go in there anyway. So um, it was an ideal situation, and I would never recommend it to anyone else to fight with that type of a, an injury. Yeah. Um, but I, I knew that after the fight, I was going to get surgery. You know, I'd have to take a little bit of time off, but I, because of the pandemic, I hadn't fought in a long, long time. And then a prior injury just because of the sport. So I was kind of between, I was a, between a rock and a hard place there, you know? So then they go, yeah, we're just going to replace this thing in your fucking neck and go through the front of your neck. I mean, yeah. I, you just said, yeah, I had knee surgery the other day. Man, they're cutting in the front of my neck. First of all, for me, it looks badass on me. If I had a sweet front of the neck scar, it would be so badass. I would play that off so high. I'd be like, mm-hmm. Shark tried to bite my head off, but I killed it. But you, you, that, were what? you scared? No, was that the no, most I scary? I love, don't get me started. I'm, I'm all about that shit. Okay. But did, were you scared? Did you think maybe you might not wake up? Sorry. Yeah. So, you know what's crazy? I'm 33. 
I've never had surgery. I've never broken a bone. Oh. I've, wrestled, I've wrestled since I was 15 years old. I've fought professionally since I was 23. So it's about my time to have a fucking injury and a surgery. Okay, so, that's that's different. Yeah, okay. But okay, so that's even worse. So you've never had any surgeries and your first surgery is somebody stabbing you in the fucking neck. Is that were you shitting yourself? I'm not going to lie. Like my boyfriend was, you know, like was like, you know, see you later and like the the, the drugs were like kicking in and I'm like getting woozy. I'm like but like my heart's and I was like I told him, I'm like, I love you if I don't wake up and he's like, shut up and I'm like, but just in case, you know, shit happens. My wife has had two back surgeries and I've had the knee surgery and both of them are you going into the into the operating table. It's you're like, what the fuck? Where what happened here? What are we doing? Serious shit. So I noticed also when you fought Fallon Foxy, you did not have a lot of tattoos, and I noticed you bring up the rebel girl. What happened? Who triggered you to do you talk about Molly and shit? Who t- sent you down this bad road, Ashley? And how can we get you out of it? No, I'm joking. What made you get all these tattoos though? I got my first tattoo when I was 15 uh, with a guitar, like a little, little guitar string gun. Yeah. Yeah. And I got it like in my, so you know, like the bikini line, the front of your bikini. Yeah. I got it. So, cause my parents would never see that. I spot, knew it. Right? I was like, that was my next question. Is this a tattoo yeah. to hide from your parents? Cause that yeah. sounds, okay. I got that real shit tattoo with two stars on my hip bones. Just like fucking wonky. Won't you know? And <laughs> so then I turned 18. I'm like, I gotta get these tattoos fixed. So like, you know, the artist is like trying to like, this one's higher, this one's lower. And then after that, you know what it's like. It's like you just you're. I never. There's two kinds of people. It's like one kind of person. Like you get one tattoo, like you know, right here, or or you go all out. And I'm just an all out, all or nothing kind of person. And I love them. You know, a long time ago, someone said, "You came into this world as a blank canvas." Do you really want to leave that way? And I'll right. Like, no, I do not. I do not. So do you end, do you think you'll end up with like a face tattoo? Uh, not not unless my grandpa passes away. Well, I mean, you're pretty young. And I'm not trying to be dark or anything, but that that day is probably going to happen. Do you think you'll get oh, face? Do you think forever. you'll get? Because I think at one point when I'm older, I'm just going to have like, uh, I'm not going to get my eyeballs tattooed because I don't want to fuck with my eyesight. But I would have. Like just shit here and stuff, because uh, when you're a man, you, you get old and wrinkly and shit. If I just like have, you know, what I mean, like daggers and shit on my face, I feel like I'll look better. I'm just I think uh, you get away with it. You're extremely established as a tattooed man already. It's not going to fuck up your life. And I, I say, if someone wants to get a tattoo, there's only one thing I say. Just make sure it's not going to get in the way of what you want to do in the future. Right. You know, if my wife got a dagger tattooed on her face, I would be so fucking boned up. I would be like, so like, like right here, you know, sexy one right here. Yeah, or um, through no, through the face, like down the eye. You know what I mean? Like forehead and then down the cheek, just crazy dagger. I'd be like, wow, babe, you went fucking all out. <laughs> I'd be pumped. <laughs> She'd be good to have her like a, a, for an intimidation factor, which reminds me: Has anyone ever offered you money to be their security guard? Like, is it like uh, have hot chicks that can defend them? Because that that's something that uh, if you had the money, that's something that I could see somebody asking you to do. Has that happened? I've been asked to do that. Yes. Wait, and you're saying you didn't do it? No. No. Why not? 
You know, it's like it's certain things like like what if someone offered me five hundred dollars to send them some feet pics? Wait, you're saying you wouldn't do that? I mean, no, because then I'm labeled the foot girl. You know, I'm labeled the foot girl. Then, you know, five hundred bucks. I would, I would send somebody a photo. And I don't. I've never even done this, but I would send a photo of my gaping butthole to somebody for five hundred dollars. That's what people are doing nowadays. But I won't be known as the butthole gaper. Like, I've got other labels besides that. You won't be known as the foot fetish MMA fighter. Come on. I know you've had offers, so you got a weird – because, wait a minute, that's another question I have. You beat Beck Rollins, and it seemed like at one point I heard in the interview that you were saying some shit about Beck being trashy. Is that because she had an OnlyFans account, or what is your – no, uh, what was what was your opinion of her and why? Beck Beck like rubbed me the wrong way because she got involved in uh, one of my past relationships. Oh, and she she kept trying to, you know, be be my friend. You know, like who is this legendary guy that's got two? <laughs> sorry, who is this bastard that has? Man, what a champion! So anyway. It. Yeah, not worth it. But you know, and, at the, and I've already grown up. You know, I I regret calling her. I think the word was raunchy. And here's the okay. thing: is that, and you know, I I went on my podcast. Not that it gets that much exposure yet, but you know, I, I went on record and was like, I was young at the time and immature, and I said that she was raunchy. And I don't think anyone should be looked down on for the way they express their sexuality, especially right. since look at oh, I'm over here fucking. Not that I'm like showing my ass and titties or having OnlyFans, but like I'm telling people, do whatever you want to feel comfortable about your sexuality and express yourself. So I told people, I'm like, that was wrong. And and I, you know, I beat Beck. I have nothing against her anymore. Um, I would love to have her as a guest on the podcast. Like, I'm over it. I forgive and forget. Well, I would I would listen to that. She, her OnlyFans is pretty mallow, too. It's just like just boobs. Uh, someone sent me some screenshots of it actually, so I've seen them, seen her titties. <laughs> yeah, but that's all. She doesn't go. She doesn't show a vagina or anything. No. No, which is kind of a, I don't know. Uh, to me, I'm like you're naked, and if you look cute naked or you look interesting naked, then sh- I mean, if you want to show it, I don't like go. Oh my god, your vagina! How dare you? I'm just like if you. And I don't, especially if it's not like my type, I, I'm not like one of those guys because I feel like we've all grown up with this weird little thing where you, the group mentality where you're like, this fat bitch. And everyone's like, whoa, wouldn't sleep with her. And I'm like, okay, that's cool for you. But what about that lady? And, and not everybody's like shaped the right way. And you're just going to shit on everyone who isn't the classic whatever look it is. Like if I, if I like somebody, I like them. And I've, I've, I don't really feel the need to shit on somebody for no reason you know yeah i'm pretty i'm pretty chill i'm i'm you know like i let people be who who they want to be and you know i'm i don't like the only thing i don't like i will shit on someone who tries to force something on me whether it's religion or their political views or their sexuality views like be and let be be and let be that's it what is the best uh, career moment like what is the best feeling you've ever got out of all your MMA fights damn that's such a hard one um, 
when I I lost my first fight, I took a short notice fight against Raquel Pennington, got choked out by a bulldog choke. Oh yeah, yeah, that was yeah, gnarly. You know what? I got I took the call in two weeks' notice. The the UFC appreciated it. You know, it's they're the kind of the UFC is the kind of organization that if you scratch their back, they're gonna scratch yours. And I think that's how it works just in the fucking world. So they saw, you know, that I fought my ass off, made the weight, um, and then I got a contract. So that that one was like so epic and heartbreaking because I felt like I made it to the UFC, but I had not proven to myself or the fans or the UFC that I belonged there. So my first fight back, it was like almost a year. I fought Ren- Marion Renault. She was like ranked number 11 at the time in Bantamweight, and I beat her. And we went to a decision, and I was like, fucking, there you go. I'm fucking top 10, you know? Like, I beat the number 11 girl, you know, like... So, I mean, I think I like was like 12 or 11 or something like that. But in my mind, I was like, I took her spot. <laughs> you know? yeah. So um, that fight just proved to me, I'm like, okay, I'm good enough to be here. And after that, it was like, I started training. Like I, like I deserve to be a professional athlete. You know, I quit my little dead end serving job as a bartender waitress. And that, that fight was probably the, the most important to me. So you did so how, how many fights do you have two fights in the ufc while you had a normal job that's what i call them sorry two fights in the ufc yeah you you were you'd had two fights in the ufc and you still you were working oh, no, a normal no, job no 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 i i like quit my normal job when i got that call on the okay. two notice i was like oh i better quit you know the ufc is like you gotta train all day every day give it all or you know you don't want to think two three ten years down the road damn i should have quit my do- job i should have paid less attention to this. I should have dumped that guy. I should have done something, you know? And at that point, all I wanted to do was be successful and win my fight in the UFC. So I quit my job and, uh, you know, it was hard because when you lose, you only get half your money. And back then I think my first fight, I made $8,000. You know, not that much if it's got to last you for a year. (laughs) Yeah. They definitely need an extra job for that. Yeah. Uh, Have you ever skateboarded? Yeah, I got some gnarly scars on my knees because when I was a little punk rocker high schooler, we were just skateboarding and drinking our asses off, and then I would go to wrestling practice at high school. What's this wrestling thing where you're a wrestler? Does that mean, because I confuse, I'm not American, you can be a girl wrestler? Yeah, so I was, um, I want like trailblazer is a very strong word, but. Um, I was the only female on my high school wrestling team. Um, this is in 2003, four, somewhere around there. Yeah. And then I went, went out and like recruited girls. And it was a boys wrestling team. Um, long time ago, there's a thing called Title IX. Title IX basically states that there should be, there has to be as many female sports as male sports. And the only bad thing about that is sometimes they'll add female sports, but if the males or if there's not enough females in that specific sport, for example, wrestling, the boys program might get cut. So it, it did a lot of good for female wrestling, but it also hurt, hurt some male programs. Anyway, women's wrestling was the number one growing sport when I was in high school, when I was in college, and right now it's huge. So women, there's women's college teams, there's women's high school teams, and now, you know, women in the Olympics, there's been women in, in the Olympics since 2004. And What's club rugby? I played rugby. <laughs> That's funny. So before I met my first uh, MMA coach, Eugene Jackson, who's like an OG of the UFC, you know, he's the UFC number like 
three, you know, like no time limits, wrestling shoes on, no weight classes. Anyway, he found me working at a bar and was like, I opened an MMA gym. Uh, would you like to come train? Well, I was training uh, rugby already with him. He was coaching. He was doing the strength and conditioning program for the rugby team. So I was playing rugby just to stay in shape after college with Fijian, Samoan, and Tongan girls. And those are big bitches. And I yeah. love them. They made me feel like the small one. And I'm 5'8". I walk around at 155. Like, oh, big girl. But when I was playing rugby, I was a small girl. So anyway, I just played that for a short time. Very physical, fun, but, you know, not re- not fighting. Are you sure you're not a little more gay than you, than you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought softball was like the gay sport. Oh. Oh. Oh, okay. See, okay, yeah, sure. It may be for gay girls to look at other girls, but if you're a fucking tomboy, you would play Fuck rugby. I'm from Australia. Rugby's like for dudes. That's people. I grew up thinking those guys when they're pro have their ears duct taped to their head so they don't come off. Those guys aren't fucking around, man. And if you're out there playing that one or wrestling, I'd have to say those are like for the. I I am a girl, but I like all the guy things, you know, like fighting and fucking. And did you you used to dress like a guy at all? No, but like, oh, well, in high school, I would wear like, you know, those baseball T-shirts, like yeah. the those, and then I would wear like cut-off Dickies. <laughs> and, and I had a unibrow. And <laughs> yeah. You had a unibrow? It had braces. I've definitely uh, gotten better looking with age. <laughs> Wait, you had a unibrow? Yeah. Like the girls on my wrestling team. And they would pick up, they would pick, you've got picked on in your life for having one eyebrow. No, so the girls, the senior girls, my freshman year, that they were seniors, I was freshman in college. They took me. They didn't tell me where we were going. They were just like, hey. And I was like, what? They're like, God, get in the car. I'm like, all right. They took me to the little waxing salon and they waxed that shit. And I was like, and now I'm like, in hindsight, I'm like, thank you. That's a real girlfriend. So, okay. So young girls like wrestling. I want to be a wrestler. And then I want to play rugby. And then your girlfriends go, hey, we're going to take you somewhere. Let's not discuss it right now. And then it turns out that they're taking a piece of your fucking eyebrow off because you didn't know that you had one eyebrow in the middle of your face. It's a weird <laughs> ass. You sound like, like because you sit like, uh, you know, you're super girly. I mean, I know you're a UFC fighter, but it's pretty fucking obvious you're a girl. You're into girly shit. You got dresses and you dress all girly and shit, whatever. It's just, it's such a weird thing to know. That at one I mean, point you couldn't like, see the eyebrow on your head. It was like you know, like it was like not like super dark. <laughs> okay, you know, well, but like not Frida Kahlo status, you know. Okay. But I'm half Mexican, so it's like, you know, I got arm hair. I gotta shave my arm hair. You know, I like my arms. I like no hair on my body. And Mexican girls, Copy you know, we me. we shave our legs, and you know, like it grows back thirty minutes later. It just sucks. And I think Persian girls are like that too, probably. Uh. Uh, but it's just it's the way it is. I'm a hairy, hairy woman. I gotta shave. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I like shaving. It's like therapeutic to me. I feel like I just do it. Right? I don't even know if I can tell the difference. I just do it because I feel cleaner and faster for the day. You ever shave your legs? Yeah, all the time. Oh my god, the the feeling of shaved legs in the sheet. Don't you feel sexy? <laughs> oh no, for my legs, I do clippers because I don't care that much i got like fine hair i got like light hair so i just i originally started shaving my ankles because 
I rolled my ankles so much and I didn't like uh, ankle braces because I couldn't feel my skateboard. So I got sports tape and then the under tape, would I'd sweat and it would still, my ankle would still roll. So I used no under tape. And then when I take the, the tape off, it would rip all my hairs off. So then I was like, fuck that. I'll shave my ankles. And then when I shave my ankles, I'm like, oh man, I got like bum fluff on my shin. And I'm like, I got to get that off. And then I'm like, oh man, I got bum fluff on my knees. And then next thing you know, I'm got a fucking big halfway up my ball sack shaving myself because I got like a little OCD. I couldn't stop. I just kept going. So now I shave everything, but I rotate areas. It's a slippery slope. Girls. Oh man. Also another trend back in the day, I had thin eyebrows because you would pluck and then you get pluck happy. And then another friend, another friend intervention was like, look, you got some chola eyebrows going on. You need to let them grow out a little bit. And I was like, thank you. Thank you, friend. Okay. I'm going to let them grow out. <laughs> but they do grow out even after you pluck them a bunch, right? Yeah. But I got some girlfriends from my childhood that used to shave their eyebrows and, and draw them in. Oh, sh- yeah. That's next level. They, yeah. They don't really have much eyebrows. My mom got that. Really? Yeah, she's not Mexican, but she's pretty gangster. Yeah, but when you have light hair, you can't really see your eyebrows, so you got to like... That's what she did. Yeah, I think that's why she did it. Put on your mouth. Uh, What is the greatest donut you've had in your life? Oh, there's this place here in Orange County called the Donuttery, and uh, they have a whole bunch of vegan donuts. And like, they have like bacon vegan donut, maple bacon vegan donut. Wait, are you a vegan? Wow. How long have you been plant-based? Plant-based since, oh, fuck. Uh, my junior year in college, I... Oh, shit. So, graduate college in 2009, so 2008. That's weird. So you were plant-based, but then you also did Molly and shit at one point. Yeah, I was like that little meme you see. It's like vegan girls. I don't put anything bad in my body. I eat salads, and then it's like the bottom one is like a girl, a vegan girl snorting a line of coke. <laughs> <laughs> coke, not the coke, but but um, yeah, I was like I'm healthy, and then I was like, Ugh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I feel like because you have a lot of drive, and you've obviously had a lot of um, ups and downs in your MMA community, and you seem very positive. You seem like you have a uh, you know, obviously you're a warrior, you're uh, an MMA fighter, but you seem like you have a warrior's attitude. Like, it, I mean, for one thing, when I got let go, I don't mind telling people, like, you text me out of the blue for no reason. We don't know each other that well. And you were like, hey, you get like, you know, words of encouragement and just being like, uh, ca- like, gave a shit. That was really came out of left field. It mean a lot to me because not a lot of people did stuff like that. And the people that did, I, I do, I, I won't forget those people because it was a big deal to me. And I was, you were texting me after you lost your fight. And I'm like, man, after I lost my fight, I ain't sending anybody else any fucking words of encouragement. I need to give them to me. So <laughs> I, I really appreciate that. But it also showed me that you're still mentally super positive. Like this is not slowing you down at all. I mean, I'm not going to bullshit you. I'm a fucking crier. And, you know, like I, you know, backstage, I'm bawling my eyes out. You know, my, I've got this picture where the the doctor is stitching me up in my nose and, you know, in my, in my hand. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, and it's just like, this is everything I work for. And so I, I take losses very hard. But the one thing that really 
you know, helped me out this time was, was this, you know, I, I had something that was holding me back so much right. and I know that that's not me. So I'm not going to beat myself. I'm not going to fucking beat myself up because that's not the fighter that I am. So this, this loss particularly, I'm taking a little bit better. You know, I know that that's not the fighter I am. Um, and I am a positive person, but I, during the pandemic, there's been so many people committing suicide. It's ridiculous for different reasons. So I've made it a point to reach out to anyone that I think might need it. And look, I fucking just met you. <laughs> Did you think I was going to kill myself? No, 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 no. But here's I was pretty thing. bummed out, but I was, I'm staying. No, 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 no. But I'm just saying that I think that more people in the world should just say something nice. Even if it pops into your head for a second, but you're like, nah, whatever. I don't fucking know you, but did it make you feel good? When Big I time. You? Big time. It did. And so, and you're going to remember that. And I remember the people that hit me up after my loss and said, you know, keep your head up. Like, those are the people that you really remember when mm. shit hits the fan and they're there. You remember those people, not the people that are fair weather friends and they want to be there when you win and party with you. Yeah. It's funny for you to have this much wisdom at a young age because, well, maybe it's because I'm very slow at gathering information, but I've only just realized this. Like I, I've been caught up in the hype several times in my life where I'm like, yeah, well, I'm hanging with all these guys because that's what's happening right now. And then when things are lean, those people don't text you back and then you start to realize – Man, I put a lot of energy into that relationship. That fucking thing was a whole fucking smokescreen. Like, who am I? I'm not doing that anymore. You know, like now I'm, it's easier now when you, you know, you're older and I don't give a fuck if you think I'm shit hot and I got kids and they're too busy to want to hang out with me. So I'm, I'm always trying to like get in front of them. Like, hey, fucking want to talk? Eh, not really. Eh, so it's not, and I, I don't, I don't miss all the, all the hype shit, but I, but the people that I've met that I would least, the, the least, the ones I least expected, not, not you, just people like, I'll tell you, I'll say who Brennan Sharp has been so fucking helpful to me since the Sirius XM thing. And at one point I would have, um, cause we were friends a long time ago, but at, at lately I thought one of those guys, man, just, you know, got better things to do than, respond to his friends it's a career you know i mean i get it he's he's up there and i'm down here but boy was i fucking wrong boy was i you know what i mean like I, that's why i don't mind admitting it you got your own little thing in your head and you and you propel it and then it gets its own fucking thing that isn't even real but in your head it's real as fuck it's like no dude they are your friends you are paranoid as fuck you gotta like reach out you gotta communicate because yeah I, I i love the guy and he obviously loves me because he's He's doing so much to help me, and I really would have figured him to be the last guy. Which- yeah, and, and here's the thing: it, uh, you, you said, "Oh, you're you're positive, and you you figured it out." But the the reason I'm being positive is because I've also been just like you, and I'm like you all the time. My thoughts, you know, I'm like, "Oh, I'm not feeling good today. Oh, maybe I'm sick. Oh, what if I was cat cancer? Or maybe I'm cancer. Am I dying? I'm dying!" Like uh, this crazy yeah. spiral. Yeah. And you and you you self talk. You hear it. And then one side of you is like, you need to chill the fuck out, but you can't. And maybe yep. that that's the definition of anxiety. I don't know. But I know that I've been going through it more so than ever this year. And if I am, then most other people are. So I'm like, what am I going to do about it? Am I just going to fucking 
how I'm going to be like, no, I'm going to reach out to other people because for the most part, you know, if someone doesn't talk to you, you start thinking, oh, they don't like me. I'm not important. You reach out to them. They text you back. They were just busy or they were just whatever. Yeah. I've done the, since this, you know, I've, I've had to really wake up and, 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 and smell life. So I'm very grateful for this opportunity that I'm now, you know, every day is like, okay, what are you doing from, from, you know, when you wake up to, you go to bed, what are you doing here? What's the point of all of it? It used to be, you know, I got, I made it, man. I made it. And, and it's, is it a good feeling to know that you made it and you wake up? What am I going to do with my made day? Same shit. I always do make it. It's pretty good. <laughs> Not going to lie. It's pretty good. But this other feeling of, cause I'm a creative guy who wants to compete. I want to be in the mix. And now the lights are on, f- turned up to 11. I'm like, go, go, go. What else? Man, all these things I could be doing. Fuck, man, I could be doing this stunt. Fuck, I could be calling them. I could be interviewing her. I could be doing... I wouldn't have thought that. And now I am. So the juices are flowing. And I'm starting to get... To me, it's kind of like some taking mushrooms. And I'm too old. And I don't really want to be on mushrooms anymore. And I've already taken them. And I'm like, oh, man, this is a bad idea. That was a bad idea. I got a bad feeling. Don't really feel that good about it. But I'm like, this is fucking eight hours, Jason. You're going to be in this fucking pocket for eight hours. You may as well fucking stop making the jacket fit better and, and fucking figure out a way to enjoy it. That part of like, you know, success, uh, you know, Sirius XM, let me go. If I disappear, they won. That's how I see it. You're not going to win. You're not yeah. beating me. I so, love that. So it's, ha- it's right behind me going – we're gonna get if you don't fucking go. We're gonna get you, and I'm like, oh, we're gonna. I'm all the way, way higher. I, I'm gonna be a thousand times bigger than I've ever been because I had to go down here again. I'm like, what? You just fucking opened. I'm <laughs> rocket pants, man. I'm flying. I'm gonna fly. Yeah, Jason, keep doing you because think you know what's that phrase? Uh, it's hard to beat a. It's hard to beat a man who never quits. And for you, the thing about you, not to stroke your ego too much here, but... Oh, please go. It's being recorded. Get ready. (laughs) How many times have you fucking been knocked down literally or metaphorically in a certain area of your life, but gotten back up and reinvented yourself? Yeah. Fucking skateboard. I I know your story like you know mine because I had to do my research for my podcast, right? So I know you fucking, you know, you got the fucking weird vibe with all the people looking at you. And so you bounced you know, and then you reinvented yourself and you started doing these other things and podcasting and you wrote a book and it's like, and now serious was going well, but you know what, how long were you down? You know, like a fucking couple of weeks. That's amazing. Most people take like months and months and like a pity party. They feel sorry for themselves. And you know, then they, maybe they finally get picked back up, but there was no downtime for you. You, you and I are in the exact same boat. We got, uh, we got hit and it's, the fucking obvious answer is that you must dig deeper and and find a way to win or fucking die. Like, and I'm not fucking dying for anybody. So it's it's not even a and, – and I also know if I'm going to train to be the best, one more hour of me going, man, I lost that, is one more hour I could have been spending fucking, you know what I mean, getting ready to be the champ. But I'm so happy that you expressed all your bummed outness because people Me too. don't need 
People hide that shit. Yeah. People don't need someone that's like, oh, I don't even care. I'm untouchable. I I have no emotion. No. Tell them you cried. Tell them you fucking Bunch of times. One time I snuck downstairs to cry by myself so my wife wouldn't hear me because I didn't want her to feel sorry for me because I knew how sorry she already felt for me. And that's... That's before the fucking cat passed away. Like a week later, I've had tons of fucking cries. I'm, but it's different. It's a it's a cry, and then it's back to, back to work because it's still even with all the bad. I mean, it's very easy to say on the scale of life because a lot of people are getting so fucked over right now. Even when it's you're really actually, bad for me, it's still good. You know. To be honest, you're actually more appealing in my eyes because. Damn, this motherfucker never gives up. He never fucking quits. And yeah, you cried and we I cried my little eyes out, but now I'm fucking being positive and I'm ready to move forward. And somebody's gonna see that and it's gonna rub off on them. And that's fucking sweet. That's that's all we should do is try to leave this place better, right? I'm not gonna fucking have a kid. I'm not gonna have a kid. You have a kid, you've got a legacy going on. But my legacy is gonna be how I made people feel, right? Why aren't you having a kid? How do you know that when you're so young? I'm not young. I'm 33. I'm going to be 34. The fucking young. You are young. Get the fuck out of here. Start yelling at me when you're 33 or some shit. Get out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Nope. Okay. P- plenty of time. And I know, I, you know, I wasn't going to bring it up, but I saw some interview. You fucking injecting your vagina with shit. Are you okay? It's a new thing. So, okay. It's you a know- new thing. Okay. <laughs> If someone said to me tomorrow, Jace, new thing, fucking, uh, what do I like? Uh, I don't need my dick to be any bigger, but let's say, I don't really care about shooting gigantic loads, but let's say it does. All you got to do is get this injection. I'd be like, is it in the penis? And they're like, yeah. I'd be like, nah, you got it in there. Okay, here's so funny. Look at your body. You got all these tattoos. You're going to tattoo your face, but you can't take one little needle. In the penis? No, you, I, I don't want to show you my penis, but it has no tattoos. <laughs> Do you know why? Because I don't want a needle in my penis. <laughs> if someone said, hey, Jason, I'm going to poke you with a needle in your penis, but sex is going to feel 10 times better. Yeah, all right. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. It's yeah. called the shot. Okay. The- all right. All right. Wait, it so, feels way better? So what it is, is uh, it creates new nerve endings in that area, in your in your wiener, in my vagina, right? And so that's one thing. <laughs> I love it when Ashley says wiener and vagina. <laughs> that's a fun fucking day. And then for women, it creates more moisture, you know? So you're always wet. It's extra nerve endings. And for women, it tightens it. It expands. So it's, it goes away after some time, about a year. But what? tighter vagina, wetter vagina. More nerve endings. Yes, sign me up. And how painful is it on a scale of like uh, getting a tattoo? Okay, so thank God when she went, you know, in the inside, she shoots it on the walls. Uh, she numbed numbed me up, and that was great. Yeah, but she but- numbed your walls first. That means a little people that don't know, because I've had PRP and all that shit. The the numbing of the area involves little needles stabbing you, but it's still stabbing you in. You felt no, that. This one was a, you know, like a loop, like a lotion, you know. So oh, okay. numbing cream. Yeah. So okay. the inside walls didn't hurt hurt that bad. It was okay. Not honestly, it wasn't that bad at all. But she said, "There's another thing I can do at the end. 
it's like the the last option. Oh. He's like, you want it in your clit? And I'm like, let's fucking do it. Oh. <laughs> and that one was like, fucking Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> wow. That, so does that happen every year or just one time? Will you go back? I mean, if I had my boyfriend here to give a testimonial, you would go tell your wife to go get this shot. Wait a minute. Well, yeah. hang on. What? Wait, you got it. He wait. He's having more fun. Imagine a tighter vagina, a wetter vagina, you know, yeah. and, like, of course, that's more fun for him. Okay. All right. I'm going to leave that alone. I'm getting uncomfortable. <laughs> We've talked way too much about your vagina. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, we're, we got, we're weaning it down. i got a couple more questions here. I appreciate it. Uh, street fighting. You're a tough girl. Uh, you, know, you actually know how to fight, and I know it's probably pretty rare, but have you had a street fight? And if you have, it, what? and if there's been more than one, what is the craziest street fight story you've been involved in? Uh, so... I, w- I was in many high school, you know, little scraps. Um, one time I got into a fight with a boy in high school, beat him up. That was great. College, I was a good girl. I didn't drink for four years in When college. you're saying you beat this boy up, this first boy, <laughs> you say, did you use, because you, you've obviously wrestled your whole life, which is so crazy. You got to teach me when this pandemic thing's over. I'm gonna, I got a gym upstairs. I've got all zebra mats that are getting installed in the next couple of weeks. Teach me to wrestle better because I'm from Australia. I don't understand your, like, uh, I don't have a background in that, but you do. So did you take this man down and pound him out or was it a, or is it a, a like a, a barroom brawl? Did you like clock him? So there's two kinds of wrestlers, right? There's a kind of wrestler who like shoots that, that shot from like far away. Like you're not touching and then they're like, shoot, shoot it on you, right? Yeah. And there's another kind of wrestler who kind of like, clubs and bangs on the head like you get an underhook and like you can toss a person and that that's the kind of wrestler i am okay so especially in a street fight you don't want to take a shot you'll scrape your knees the fuck up right yeah so my my type of wrestling works much better for street fighting not that i'm you know saying everybody street fight but uh i just put him in a fucking head and arm and tossed him on the cement and you know a couple hammer fists and it was over nice no i believe wrestling is the best way to defend yourself it's the best way that that you can so you don't have to hurt yourself or others yeah we're not trying to hurt people in the streets but if you do know how to defend yourself and someone's a dick you can you can squash the situation with little amount of danger you know i i okay i love teaching kids wrestling yeah just i love teaching wrestling in general it's it's my shit i've done it for so long and i'm a good teacher i know how to break things down sometimes someone's like then you just do the move like this. And you're like, uh, you know, I can, you know, cause you got to understand that everybody's different. Everybody learns differently. Right. Yep. So I am, I am no, I'm a good wrestling coach. I've had great wrestling coaches. My, my whole career. I've been very lucky. Huh. Uh, wrestling is wrestling's the best sport. You know, I, it's the toughest sport out there. You know, you develop dedication to your sport, sacrifice, you know, cutting weight you know you learn you know just all these different things that other sports don't teach you so you cut weight how old were you when you cut weight the first time oh man i had to be i was 15 because that was the first time i started wrestling and when i first started wrestling i just starved myself 
And that was oh, like, so no. you didn't have any coaches tell you how to cut weight. You just stopped. Yeah, I just started. I learned the hard way. Then I tried uh, the bulimia and I was like, oh, that's disgusting. That's not going to work for me. <laughs> like, did it one time. How do you, when you cut weight and then you eat, was there ever a time where you did it in an unprofessional manner? Because I know some people, it seems like they cut the weight and then they'll just eat like whatever their favorite meal is. Were you that kind of girl? But I guess if you're a, a fucking plant-based, how bad could you fucking cheat when you come back? Like get a dessert that's still okay, right? Dairy or something, I guess. No, I'm I'm very good. I'm all about putting good food into your body until after the fight. Then I'm fucking okay. Busy. And yeah. you've all, I just realized as I was asking it, anybody who is, has lived a plant-based diet for a really long time knows what they're eating. Like they know what's good and bad for their body. It's, it's no, you don't come from a clueless background like I did where it was, here's, you know, don't forget to have some potatoes and butter and bread with your dinner, Jason. I'm like, okay, thanks mom. Like I don't, nobody. Oh, no, no. I, I come from white trash, like trailer park diet like my family we were eating mac and cheese with hot dogs in it and top ramen i had to teach myself you know it wasn't until i got to college and took nutrition courses that i actually knew how to fuel my body how to cut weight right without just killing myself yeah seems like a career where there was not a lot of money in it and you kind of did a lot of it yourself right yeah you know it's even now even at the highest level you know um unfortunately because of the pandemic this year but other years you know injuries happen opponents pull out and if you don't fight two to three times a year you're really not making shit so you got to figure out how to how to live right. and i'm a fucking frugal person you don't you know? want to take photos of your feet <laughs> i wasn't a, i'm not a foot guy all right i appreciate okay. the offer though that was very nice of you i'm just saying why not do a little side gig of feet photos for people that'll give you good money for it i'm I just say I'm sounding creepy. Let's move on. Anyway, this listen to this. Okay, these are people I want to know. Do you think you could beat them? Okay. Okay. Do you think you could beat Jake Paul? I've never seen him fight. Why have you never seen him fight? Uh, he's the Paul brother that fought. He's like a YouTuber, right? Yep. And, and he fought. Who did he fight recently? No, you, he fought that basketball guy, dunk guy. Basketball. He won a dunk contest. NBA guy. I don't know him. You know what? I've been in my but, own little world lately. I've really just been like podcasting. He, he fucking Google it after he fucking okay. knocked him. I mean, the guy couldn't fight at all, so it's a tough. It was pretty unfair, but still, just because he couldn't fight at all. Watch what Jake Paul does to him. It, it's not. He's not like, man, you got it. This guy's going to be, he's not going to be the future of anything. But for a dude who's just some YouTube guy, it's fucking good, man. He's, he's, he knocks this guy out where I also felt, I found out that there's a huge chance he's on steroids and they didn't test him for that. There's a, uh, there was a weight difference and they just, it was okay for him to do that. Yeah. The guy he fought had barely any training and was uh, a, a lighter weight. Somehow this is a fucking sanctioned fight on his own. And then the he knocks him down, I think it's four times, and the fourth one he is fucking slept. Like slept. And I think the third knockdown, if it was any other pro fight that wasn't Canelo, it would have been stopped. But the the ref's like, you, you good? And the guy's like, I guess. And then he, and then he gets... Uh, 
he he steps into one. But Jake Paul does like a you know he, he steps back and throws some fucking quick little hook and ri- makes him snoring like Pacquiao of knockout, like face on the ground, gone. And and I know he's just a, a YouTuber, but I th- I think he's he's he could beat up uh, a lot of MMA guys because of how bad their boxing is. Interesting. I mean, my I opinion. That, but but is that in in MMA or is that in boxing? Only boxing. That's why I think if you were to fight him in MMA, you, that's why I'm bringing his name up against you. I believe that you could beat him because I don't think he has any wrestling. And you can get inside. You could take a shot. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> okay, I'll get a little easier. Do you think you could beat Tony Hawk? Yeah, for sure. How would you do it? He's real skinny, so I'm going to get a body lock on him. Skinny, nice. Skinny guys, body lock. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably get inside, body lock in, hip toss him. Um, he's probably not going to have good jujitsu, so I'm just going to get. He has inside. none. He has none, Ashley. Zero. I'm, I'm going to be in the crucifix position, which is my favorite position in side control, where I'm going to pin his arm down. I'm going to a little bang, bang, bang. This is <laughs> just so you know. That's the greatest fight of of my life. Like if if I could, I would pay five hundred dollars for that pay per view. That is the greatest fight ever orchestrated. If if you got a body lock and slam <laughs> Tony Hawk. I'm telling you, man, this, these DAZN guys are blowing it. They need to call you and Tony Hawk. What about, what, could you beat a female bear? A female bear? Yeah. No. I'm just, Animals, the shit. They, they fucking. I'm just no. doing a Habib question and a female is a bad joke. Shouldn't have said it. Doesn't matter. No, no, no. Can't do it. Can't do it. Could you beat my wife? Oh, I wouldn't want to. She's so yeah. cute. <laughs> I was just anyway. Could you beat Michael Jordan? <laughs> oh, his old ass. Sure. <laughs> what about what? Okay, Michael Jordan in his prime. No, no. You don't think he could beat Michael Jordan in his prime in an MMA fight? Juke moves. Do do do. You know, like he that's a fast man. Do do do. Okay. Like, speed kills. Speed kills. You know. He's wow. Like, I respect. I, res- I would have lied. If I was you, I would have just lied anyway, but I respect that. What about this one? Could you beat Michael P. Jordan? Oh, that's the actor, right? Yeah, it's the guy that would he he's Apollo Creed's son. So you got to watch out. Very good fighter, Apollo Creed's blood. Yeah, you know, he probably did some real boxing for the movie. Yeah, but he but- he sucks. You would you would kill <laughs> you would kill him so badly. He was on the MMA show where they punched the heavy bag, and I was like, get this guy the fuck out of here. <laughs> Can't punch. What about, could you beat Master P? That's a rapper. Right? Yes, it is. Oh, Check you really out. Old? He's really old, though, right? Yeah, he's about the same age as me. God damn it, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's fucking really old, just like the guy you're talking to. Do you think you can beat me? Uh, my face is red. I'm sorry, Jason. You're not old. Do you think you could beat this old man that's talking here right now? Really? I'm going to wrestle the fuck out of you, and you know I'm going to take you down in a heartbeat. I think it'd be a bad idea. You'd be surprised with my wrestling defense. My takedown defense is second to none. You think I'm going to take you down, so I'm going to fake a shot and then come over the top, and then you're just done. Right. I'm not going to argue. I, I was I was definitely getting ready for the shot. <laughs> 
That's all I would have been doing because I'm like, yeah. nah, you're not going to get that one. And then, yeah, you would. When this whole thing ends, I would love to, and I and I have my um, upstairs, the whole room is going to be matted on the walls and everything. Zebra mat sponsored me too. My whole fucking garage is wall mats, zebra mats. They are the best. Right? Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. They hey, gave us mats for Alice Mania. They sent them out to Lake Havasu to be on that floating island. That was all zebra mats. So cool, right? Yeah, yeah, Kyle's the best. He's a good dude. Get your gym together, and I'll come teach you some wrestling for sure. Well, what I was gonna say is, yes, I would love to get some wrestling lessons from somebody who really knows how to wrestle. But I, my co-hosts are what I would call citizens, just normal citizens of of the yeah. world, and their background is is very small. And I would just, um, I would like to see you beat them up. Is what I'm really getting at you would like to i'm a hired gun right yeah yeah i would actually like to hire you uh to beat my friends up okay i like i love this transaction i'm going to show them this video and say you guys are going to be pumped when the pandemic ends look who i've got hired to come over here and kick you in the dick it's gonna be great what's their names uh michael and kevin michael and kevin you're fucking going down (laughs) (laughs) oh man so much fun to watch that not as much fun as you beating up tony hawk though that i'm doing a show with him soon and i'm gonna spend the whole year convincing him that i think the best idea that you can come up with for charity and just for like all-round entertainment is to fight ashley in a mixed martial arts uh charity event I'm down. Let's do it. We'll start. Marketing. Fuck! I would laugh so hard if you just, because he's, he's tough, man. He can take a skateboard slam, but I'm pretty sure you body slam him. He's fucking done. Have you done anything like besides skateboarding? Nothing. Nothing. He played violin when he was in in school, and then skateboarding. So those are his. Yeah, his back. His backup is violin. Oh, he could surf. He could surf. Yeah, he's probably got good balance. Yeah, but he just. Fighting hates him. <laughs> you can just tell. I don't know. I don't even. I've never moved around with the man, but I can. I don't think it's. Yeah. Gonna, I don't think it's pretty. He's got an Israel Adesanya body. Maybe. Maybe he'll surprise us. Right. Yeah. Yep. That I'd be more surprised than you. But yep, anything's <laughs> possible. Uh, thanks for being on the show. I really appreciate, it, especially with such short notice. What is the name podcast? Where do we find you everywhere so everybody knows? You guys want to listen to the sex podcast, the MMA podcast? It's awesome. It's called Sex and Violence with Rebel Girl. Uh, Instagram at Sex and Violence with Rebel Girl. My Instagram at Ashley MMA. It's on uh, Spotify, iTunes, anywhere you get podcasts. Thanks so much, friend. I appreciate you being on the show. Keep being awesome. I will see you soon. I hope. Bye. You will. Bye. <laughs> see you. All right. All right. There we go. Um, how long did we go for, baby? One hour and 23 minutes. I like her. Yeah, she's great. Hey, uh, man, I'm not joking. Her uh, fighting Tony Hawk is better than uh, Tom Segura's arm snapping behind his back. <laughs> it's the greatest video I could ever see in my life. I mean, if it was for charity... <laughs> I just don't want Tony to get like a broken rib or something because then I'd be like, if he can't skateboard the next day, you know? 
Yeah. And Ashley. That's uh, a big risk. I, yes, it is. It's a huge risk. That he could break something. And he I don't need that. all kinds of things. Yeah. It's an MMA fight. If they grappled, that, that, that'd be different. Still funny. <laughs> what about just boxing? He can't punch Tony Hawk in the face. <laughs> oh, but he can have an MMA fight? He can have a gra- – he could be grapply destroyed by <laughs> Ashley Evans-Smith. That would be acceptable. But punched in the face by Ashley, not acceptable. <laughs> I don't want to see Tony Hawk get punched in the face. Me neither. By anybody. Anyway. Like and subscribe, download, tell your friends. It's a fucking show, man. I'm doing a real show. Excuse me. Sorry, that thing was trying to come out for the last 10 minutes. Don't die.